Blog Talk Radio. Attention. 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 Rosetta Stone invites you to be a part of its biggest language learning event in history. Because in 2011, we want to help 3 million people learn a new language. That's why we're going to give you an absolutely free demo of our language immersion technology. Call 1-800-522-1164. Developed to fully immerse you in your new language, the Rosetta Stone solution is easier than ever before. For your free demo, call 1-800-522-1164. 1-800-522-1164. Love Talk Radio. Pressure all day and night. Get 
black love? What is black love? A simple yet elusive, totally not exclusive question of the many who have sought it, but know not what it ought to be and seek more. Black love. Deceptive black love. Looking at them fine asses through rose-colored glasses. Put mommy through the paces. Take her many places she ain't never been before. Black love. Insatiable black love. Checking out the new man in the flat upstairs and trying not to seem rude or crude. Yet pursuing your desires and showing interest. Black love, transitory black love, seeking financial wealth for the benefit of self, getting more toys than most of the boys, will this alone prove who's best? Black love, prodigious black love. Is it being seen in public places, looking in children's faces? while being hypocritically analytical about our bad past deeds. Black love. Sincere black love. What does it truly mean? It's a thing we somehow seem to constantly abuse, blatantly misuse, to satisfy our own selfish needs. Black love, celebrated black love, devoid of it we will constantly be, in turmoil, disjointed and torn, from the moment we're born, needing true love, the kind that always maintains. Black love, righteous black love, my feelings are it's when the spoken of begin to dedicate and eradicate bad connotations to our name. Black love, conquering black love. It will never be defeated. We strive for all to see that we can do as we have done. Black love, classic black love. As a people, we have rich history and must show all others we can work in unison. Black love. Transcendent black love. Immersed in the splendor of it, we rehash, rehearse. We will then achieve that elusively persuasive thing we seek. So, if it's black love, that true black love we seek and want the meaning of, it's not elusive or unavailable. There is no big mystique, you see. It's really quite obtainable. We simply have to look inside of that we're all quite able. Loving who lives within ends the search for true black love.
You are listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, All Black, All News, All You, for Tuesday, November 22, 2011. This new Internet-based broadcast is designed to service African Americans in Chicago and surrounding areas. Tonight's segment is a special broadcast. With us is Mr. General Parker out of Peoria, Illinois, who is one of the vice presidents of Illinois Fathers and a main lobbyist of the Steve Watkins Bill here in Illinois. Mr. Parker is here to share some information on this bill that is presently moving through the legislation here in Illinois. We opened up the show with Step Up from the CD entitled International Women at Gay and Black Love. Our caller number is 347-326-9477, 347-326-9477. Going to open up the chat lines in just a moment, and I uh, want you to put your information in the chat room so that uh, we can contact you, or Mr. Parker can, if you have additional information. But right now, let's welcome Mr. Parker to the show. And uh, General Parker, how are you this evening? I'm doing okay, Sonia. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh had a few issues, time zone problems, blog talk. It's a challenge. Me and blog talk, we get challenged sometimes. But um doesn't play to play with your computer, but that's what it is, General Parker. But we're so happy to uh, take this time to do a, a special broadcast with you. You know we're normally here on Thursday evenings with Black Wall Street USA with Chairman of Black Wall Street, Ron Carter, and we certainly want you to go into our archives and listen to our last show. But, General Parker, let's talk about Illinois uh, fathers, and let's talk about, first of all, tell our listeners a little bit about you and how you got involved with Illinois fathers. Oh, Sonia, uh, me, I'm just a, a nobody, you know, a little simple man, uh, a man who, who tried his best to be a good father, and tried to be a good husband, but uh, when that didn't work out, uh, I, I tried to make our split as amicable as possible, and uh, little did I know I was setting myself up for a fall because our family court system is set up and is so biased and so so gender-driven that uh, when they find a, a good dad <laughs> with a good job and loves his kids, you know, uh, they do everything within their power to try to keep you in their system because they know that you love your kids so much that you'll do anything to keep them, and that includes giving up everything that you have, and they don't mind taking everything that you got. So uh, by going through the process, I ended up running into a lot of different organizations, and I was called to speak out in Charleston, West Virginia, on the issues of domestic violence and false allegations of domestic violence, and that's when I uh, got hooked up with a guy called Mike McCormick from America's Coalition of Fathers and Children, and right about that time, there was a group starting up called Illinois Fathers, and he asked them to get in touch with me when I got back to Illinois, and uh, they asked me to be their first uh, keynote speaker at the first Fatherless Day rally in Springfield uh, a few years back. So that's how I got started with Illinois Fathers. So this is a personal issue for you, and most most issues start that way. Uh, most people have a personal interest, and then they find other people who, uh, through understanding, have the same issue as them, and they go forth. So that's pretty much how it started with you, from a personal basis. Kind of, sort of, um, because, see, my case is out of Missouri, so everything that I'm doing with the Steve Watkins Bill and and family law reform in Illinois, it won't do a thing to help me. What really got me so passionate about it is that 
you know, I grew up believing that the court system is supposed to be fair, that justice was blind, and uh, <laughs> uh, little did I know how naive that I was. And you put your faith and your trust into uh, a system, uh, attorneys that you hire, you know, they, they have you spend tens of thousands of dollars. They have guys out there who spend hundreds of thousands. And just end up right back at square one, and then you end up doing the same thing that you could have done from the beginning. That's just time lost, you know. And they always say it's in the best interest of the children, but they don't have your children's best interest at heart. They have their pocketbook best interest at heart. And, that, and that's what i got to say about it. I haven't seen any evidence to the contrary. Haven't seen any evidence. You listen to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Our guest is Mr. General Parker out of Peoria, Illinois, and one of the vice presidents of Illinois Fathers. Now, tell our listeners a little bit about Illinois Fathers. How did it get started, and what's going on with that organization, and how does that organization service Illinois Fathers? Well, Illinois Fathers is a non-custodial parent organization. So we have a, a, a fairly amount of, of women in this organization also because there's some women who don't get to see their kids also, and there's some fathers who don't get to see their kids, and at the same time, uh, that means there's some grandparents of, of those fathers who don't get to see their grandchildren and their aunts and their uncles on that side who don't get to see their kids because of, uh, what the Steve Watkins bill is trying to do and trying to correct is called parental visitation interference. And when two people break up and, and one is awarded custody, and that's primarily mothers most of the time, about 85% of the time is mothers who are awarded custody, um, they, they're allowed not only to get the children, but they get the rewards of having uh, child custody, I mean child support to go along with that. Well, the non-custodial parents, the only thing they get out of that deal is that visitation time with their child. And they're paying child support, but they're not allowed to see their children, and that's not enforced. The only thing that's enforced with any any zeal is child support enforcement. And the reason the state really goes after that is because for every dollar that they collect, the federal government pays them and matches every dime, every penny that they collect in child support. So they have a reason to go after that, not so much for visitation interference because they don't get matching dollars for enforcing child support, I mean enforcing visitation interference. So. Let's go back over a couple of things that you just shared with us. You listen to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network with Mr. General Parker, who is a lobbyist for the Steve Watkins Bill in here in Illinois. You say that people don't get to see their kids uh, you said that there's separations of the family through divorces and separations already, but then there's an entire separation of the family, uh, the grandmothers, the aunts, the cousins, uh, sometimes possibly other sisters and brothers, stepsisters and brothers in the family because you're saying that uh, court has ordered visitation rights. Is that what you're saying? But they're Correct. not being carried forth. Correct. Yes, well. Once you start going down that slippery road, uh, uh, there's a lot of different organizations that get involved, and and the whole uh, idea behind uh, getting involved is to start the parental alienation process where they try to turn your kids' love and affection to towards you against you, okay? And after a while, when you're not around, the kid starts to wonder you. First of all, the kids, okay, they don't know from 
from Adam and Eve, and them they're getting that poison from the custodial parents or from other outside influences. And then if you're not there to defend yourself and say, no, that's not right, you know, daddy still loves you or mama still loves you, you know, I'm trying my best to see you, but I'm being prevented from seeing you. If they don't hear that, all they know is, you know, my other parent is not here. They don't care, you know. And that affects our children. And no more is it affected in any community than it is in the African-American and Hispanic community. You know, I mean, our our intact family system in the African-American community has totally flip-flopped from the 60s. In the 60s, we used to have about 80% of our households were intact with biological mom and dad. Starting in the late 90s, that's totally flip-flopped. Now we have about 20% of our households that are intact with mom and dad. And you got over 75% of those households are single mom homes. And our children growing up today have a 75% chance of growing up without their dad before they're 16 years old. And mom will be a single parent. And that means their child's more likely to grow up in poverty. Their child's more likely to end up using drugs, have behavioral disorders, not finish school become sexually promiscuous, become teen parents themselves. And with those type of stats out there, and those are stats we get from the Health and Human Services, okay, with those type of stats out there, why would you fight to help keep dads out of a child's life? I feel like we should be trying to fight to help keep these, keep these kids attached to their dads because when that relationship is broken, it greatly affects our kids. Now, General Parker, you did share a bit of information with me, and that's why we do these type of broadcasts that I had never heard before. For every dollar child support that is collected, you're saying that the state is matched from the federal government with that uh, that money, or would you explain that to me again and to our listeners? Yeah, that, that comes from the child support, the Federal Child Support Act, and it has a funny uh, number. I believe that, if I'm not mistaken, I, I believe it's 18 uh, U.S. Uh, uh, subsection, I guess it's uh, 666, uh, the Child Support Enforcement uh, uh, or Child Support Compliance uh, Law. It's a federal statute. And uh, and the funny thing about this bill, Sonny, is that uh, what we try to do is what a couple other states have already enacted uh they said, especially Missouri, which is right next to us, and they started this a few years ago, they said that uh, visitation interference should be enforced in the same manner as child support. See, what they found out, they started to realize that when these kids don't have that connection with that other parent, there's going to be social pathologies that's going to show in these children, and we have to pay for those through our tax dollars, whether it's juvenile delinquency or social programs or crime. Okay, whatever it is, we have to pay for that. Or teenage pregnancy, you know, we have to pay for all those things. So in in order to alleviate that, they try to keep that connection with that other parent and that child. And if they were so concerned about child support, they would try to foster this relationship because uh, our surveys and and the stats have shown that uh, that the fathers who uh, are allowed to see the kids more often are more likely to pay their child support. Okay, so why they keep doing this, it, it behooves me why they try to keep the family uh, much, uh, dysfunctional like they're doing. And uh, that's the same thing that happened with the Stephen Watkins case. 
Okay. Would you explain to our listeners before we go to a break, what is the Stephen Watkins Bill? Stephen Watkins Bill is a parental visitation interference bill that was sponsored by uh, State Representative Constance Connie Howard in the uh, House this year. She brought it up in January. Um, what this bill does is bring parity between uh, visitation interference and child support noncompliance. All we did was took the same sanctions, and we didn't even add all of the sanctions. We took almost all some. Of, we took almost all the sanctions that we have in child support noncompliance, and we added them to the visitation interference. We added things like, well, you can have your driver's license license taken. Your uh, professional license might be suspended. Okay, and these are things that are like, I mean, when you're habitual with noncompliance, you know, just like somebody who's habitual with noncompliance or paying a child support. But mostly, what judges do might hit you with a fine. Majority of the times, they just slap you on the wrist. Um, but they never really even enforce visitation interference in the first place. So why the other side is so concerned about it is beyond me. But uh, there's things like you can't get a fine. They might make you post a bond. Uh, in some cases, in some states, they, they reverse custody. Uh, Missouri, they abate child support payments, you know. Uh, we're not letting them see their kids, so we're not paying child support, you know. Uh, we never asked for those things. What we did try to do is try to bring parity between these two. Uh, if you don't pay your child support, these are certain tools that the judge can reach into his bag and use to hit you with these sanctions. Okay, we want to do the same thing, put those same tools in the judge's bag for uh, noncompliance for visitation interference. And like I said, it whizzes it whiz through the uh, House, especially through the uh, Judiciary Committee in the House. It, it, it passed unanimously. It passed by a vote of, I believe it was 74 to 26 or something like that, or 36. Uh, I'll get the exact numbers for you in a second. And the uh, House got to the Senate. That's when we start getting our snags. We, we've been fighting this in the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee ever since March or, or yeah, well, March of this year. And then um, we finally convinced the chairman of the Judiciary Committee to bring it up and let it be voted on. And he even changed his mind because he was thinking bad about the bill because there were certain special interest groups that kept whispering in his ear trying to tell him that this bill was bad. And they never told them why it was bad, but because of who they were, all they had to do was just whisper, and a lot of those senators start to tremble around there. And um, he finally took a good look at it, and he sat down and talked with us, and he, 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 he had an open mind, and he finally admitted, he said, this doesn't have anything to do with domestic violence, you know. All this does is bring the same sanctions that you have on one side, and you put them on the other side. It just evens the score. That's all it does. Okay. You listen to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all news, all you, with General Parker. Uh, and we're talking about the Steve Watkins bill, and he's a part of the Illinois Rights Organization, Illinois Fathers Organization, trying to bring some parity between uh, visitations between uh, separated couples. Now, I'm going to ask you... Uh, we're going to take a break in a moment, and you do have some callers. We want to we want to go to your callers. One of the reasons that I've just heard, and I don't know if we discussed this, that if you enforce these visitation rights, and uh, the parents, uh, the parent who has custody now is fined and uh, maybe even removed from their own parental rights because they're violating law, 
aren't you taking uh, the child away from both parents now or causing disruptions uh, in the house that they're already in right now? Well, first of all, you, you have uh, first first of all, the child has two parents, not one parent, okay? And if if a, a one parent decides they want to violate the law and, and disobey a court order, then I think your focus is, is more on that parent, okay? And, and is also on the parent who, as we're saying, they're breaking the law, okay? When the focus should be on the well-being of that child, you know, not just the their financial well-being, but you ought to be worried about their emotional well-being. And what's best for that child and what's in the best interest of that child is to have a relationship with both parents. So if one parent wants to act up, okay, okay, yeah, well, we can put you in jail. Yeah, we can find you. That's not saying that they will do it, Sonia. You know, so like I said, judges seem to be more lenient. There's, there's a gender bias in family court, okay, but... Even if they do, when it gets to the point where, okay, you just being totally insubordinate to this, you know, and we're going to have to do something finally. You know, there's some things that that a judge wants to be able to use to make that other parent become compliant. We don't just want to embolden them by thinking, well, because you're a woman or because you're the custodial parent, we'll let you get away with this. Uh, they're not going to let the other parent get away with not paying child support. So uh, I think the concern needs to be more on the children and what that child's going to go through by not having a relationship with both parents than to worry about one parent who wants to break the law. Okay. You listen to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. We're going to take a short break here, and I want you to come back and just tell us uh, about Steve Watkins, and then I would like to go to your callers, okay? Thanks. Thank you for being with us. This is an uh, interesting subject. We're going to go to a break. Our caller number is 347-326-9477. want our callers to be patient. Uh, we're going to go down the line in the order that you called in and take all of your calls. So please stay on the line with us.
I'm hoping that you can hear me. You're listening to Chicago. Do you have a loved one who's away at an Illinois Correctional Center that would love to see you today? Let Heartstrings Express assist you. We offer two visits back-to-back. These visits include an overnight hotel stay. Visit heartstrings2ilcorrectioncenters.com or call us now at 708-450-8252. That's 708-450-8252. You can generate cash monthly, weekly, even daily. I don't care what people say. I do it, and so can you. Discover for yourself how you can put more cash in your pocket over the next 30 to 60 days than you've made over the last 12 months. This is a total no-brainer work-at-home opportunity. Check out the video proof and free details at www.tinyurl.com slash 3MC2JT8. Act now or keep wishing you only had the cash in your pocket. Those who take action make things happen. At dollarseed.com, all of our seeds are only a dollar a pack. And we have online resources that teach you all about the rewarding hobby of growing your own plants, flowers, herbs, and vegetables. Imagine the joy you'll feel when your children actually help you harvest your first garden crop, or the pride of knowing you'll never need a florist again. Visit dollarseed.com and grow a little magic of your own for just a dollar. Dollarseed.com. What could be healthier? Are you unemployed, underemployed, or just in need of a new career path? If you are self-motivated, have access to the Internet, and have a desire to increase your earning potential, call me, Attorney Maurice Sykes, 312-612-1040. That's 312-612-1040. I can help you create your plan. Remember, when you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Thank you for being with us this evening. You're listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network for November 22nd. This is a special broadcast and some quite interesting information. Mr. General Parker from Peoria, Illinois, has joined us for this evening. He is one of the vice presidents of Illinois Fathers and one of the main lobbyists for the Steve Watkins Bill. Let's welcome him back to the show. Welcome back, General Parker. And uh, we want you to tell us about Steve Watkins. Who is Steve Watkins, and how did this bill come to be named after this young man? Well, Steve Watkins was a young man who uh, was going through a divorce uh, with his now ex-wife. Um, this was several years ago. And in the process of the divorce, he uh he was accused, falsely accused of domestic violence and a lot of other issues, which, like I said earlier, started the parental alienation process. And um, once he went through all the channels and he jumped through all the hoops and they found out that all these allegations were unfounded, he was given court order visitation to see his daughter. So he went over there to pick his daughter up for visitation and... Um, Things get a little sketchy after that, but uh, he was uh, shot in the back of his head going over there just to pick up his daughter for his court order visitation. And it's from a small town, um, I believe it's Ashland, Illinois, right on the other side of Springfield. I believe it's between Springfield and Quincy. And uh, it's a small town, 
small town police officers, stuff like that. And and they basically wasn't even going to do anything about it. You know, uh, as far as they were concerned, there's no harm, no foul. Um, one of our members, Jim Wedigan from uh, Springfield, called us and got us involved in that and told us the whole story. So we stayed on top of it. And we started getting the radio DJs and started getting the people involved and having called the prosecutors and, and a lot of other different groups kept making a lot of noise till so they finally got involved. And then uh, what happened was uh, Jennifer Watkins, Stephen's ex-wife, uh, it was her grandmother who was charged and convicted of the murder, and uh, she's serving a 70-year sentence right now for murdering Stephen Watkins. But at first, they weren't even going to get involved. I mean, this was like months later, even a year later, before they even arrested anybody in that case. So uh, Dateline got involved last year. I mean, it was October of last year and told the story on Dateline. Uh, we got involved with uh, the Watkins family, uh, Stephen's uh, parents, and we asked them to be okay if we can uh, uh, use Stephen's name in this deal because he was the epitome of what visitation interference was all about. And uh, Penny and Dale Watkins, I mean, they've just been... Uh, troopers in this whole matter, and uh, and I, I thank him for allowing us to be a part of this and uh, and try to champion this cause for them. And that's why I won't give up on this idea because I'm not going to let that boy die in vain. And I don't know what special interest group get involved. I don't care who it is, and I don't care how much money they offer these senators or anybody else. You know, I'm not having it. I'm going to fight, and I want the people of Chicago to fight. So like I said, the issue of fatherlessness, I come up there all the time and I help uh, Dr. Phil Jackson from the Black Star Project, and we deal with the issue of fatherlessness up there. And for these senators to be more concerned about a perpetrator who's breaking the law than they are about these kids that I got to face every weekend and I go up there who don't have dads in their lives, and a lot of times it's because mom just don't want them around. You know, you got some dads out there who just don't want to be dads. We got that. But, you know, there's a, uh, uh, for everyone you see, I bet I can find 50 more who are trying to be dads to their kids, but they're just not allowed to be. So once we cut that out, I think we can get back to basics. And once these kids have a dad in their life and they know what it's like to be a man, uh, somebody that gives them direction, and somebody that shows them uh, that they want to, somebody they want to emulate and wear their hands up, you know, and talk to people in the correct way and learn how to treat their women and respect their community. You know, and you take that away, what do you expect your kids are going to do? You know, I can't be a father to all of them, but I do my best. But uh, Dr. Jackson, he's doing his best, and, and we, we can't allow these legislators to eradicate all the hard work that we've done. Absolutely. You listen to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Our call-in number is 347 and we're here tonight with General Parker, and we're talking about a lot of things. And one of them that is very important is the Steve Watkins bill. And they're voting on that. Is that December the 1st? Is that what you said, uh, General? Uh, we, we're trying to get uh, Senator Sullivan now to sponsor the bill. Um, Senator Hunter was a sponsor of the bill. Uh, there are a couple other sponsors of the bill. But uh, um, we want them to bring it back on, on November 29th when they go back for a special session. It's not their way till next year to try to bring it back. And this is something that needs to be done now. You know, this bill is long overdue. You know, it's long overdue. Okay. All right. 
Let's go to some of your callers. We're going to take them in order. What we will do is say the last four digits of your telephone number. Listen, last four digits of your telephone number, and uh, I'll call those out. I'll push the little button, and I'll say you're on the air with Chicago's Black Business Network, radio network, and tell us who you are and your comment. And we have quite a few callers, so let's let's go down the line. Caller, last four digits, 7128. You're on the air with Chicago's Black Business Network. Take your name and where you're calling from. Hi, my name is Ian Mitchell. I'm calling from uh, St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm on the uh, board of directors for Illinois Fathers. It's one of the state generals doing, you know, the, be on the air if you guys needed any comments answered about the Steve Watkins bill and any opposition we've had on it. Um, it helped out a lot with the creation of it. And uh, hats off to General. He's been a powerhouse behind it and has really been working hard on addressing the concerns of some of our opposition and be happy to answer questions if you need any. Great. So stay on the line with us. I'm going to go to the next caller. Caller, last four digits, 2783. You're on the air with Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Your name and where you're calling from, please. Is this 2783? Is that what you said? Yes, ma'am, and that is you. Okay. This is Penny Watkins. I'm Stephen Watkins' mother. And um, I don't know if all of you have heard about, you know, who Stephen Watkins is, but I'd like to give you just a little bit of background on it. Stephen spent three months of his one-year-old daughter's life in court deliberating visitation with his wife. After, you know, two or three times into court, the judge made the decision as he seen fit. And for the next two, uh, that Stephen was given visitation. For that two months that Stephen had that visitation, he was refused visitation several times. Once by his daughter's mother, the custodial parent. Once was, oh, she wet her pants today. Now we're talking a child that is less than a year old, still in diapers. One day she sneezed and the mother said, oh, she might be getting a cold. She can't go today. I mean, it was just excuse after excuse. And they went back to court again, and the judge said, we're not going to have this. We ordered visitation. You need to abide by it. So then the mother goes home and decides to call DCFS and make a false report and said that it happened when the baby was three days old. Of course, DCFS found that unfounded. You know, and, yeah, I am a little, I mean, yeah, I'm the grandmother of this child. And my thing is, I want to say, first of all, the non-custodial parent is already paying 20 to 28% of their income in support. These non-custodial parents also, after they've gotten a court order, they have to wait until there's three violations of non-compliance to be able to make a um, court, get, hire a lawyer and go back into court and find, uh, to find just cause why the custodial parent isn't allowing these visits. Once that happens, then the judge will say, you need to do makeup visits. You know, my thing is, here's what I'm, you know, why is that that once the judge says you're the custodial parent and you're the non-custodial parent, you pay child support and these are your visits, why is it that the custodial parent more or less gets to be the boss then, you know, and decide who gets to be the, who gets the visits and who don't? Because basically that's how it works. And even after you go through all that, and I can tell you from my most my own experience of winning visit, grandparents' visitation in the state of Illinois, after you go back in then, 
Then you go back to court, hire an attorney, go back to court again, and the order is that this person is, the custodial parent is put in jail until they agree to do makeup visits. So, you know, they get less than a seatbelt ticket. I, You know, my question is to these senators is, you know, why should a parent go through all that, prove themselves to be the good parent, the judge makes the decision, but he has nothing to back his decision up with. And what this bill would do is give the judge some tools and some things that he can enforce his own court order with. And that's why I feel like this bill, HB 1604, needs to happen. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. Now, right. General, don't, don't go away. Uh, General, did you have a comment? Oh, um, I think they're doing just fine, but the comment I want to make uh, uh, is, is that I really wish Penny would implore these, these uh, listeners from the Chicago area to flood the Chicago senator's office with calls and emails and let them know this bill is needed and it's needed now, and we need them to support this bill. So. Do you have some telephone numbers that you can give our listeners right now? Yeah, I tell you what, I, if you want me to, I, I'll get all the numbers. Or if you if you want, they can go to our website. It's IllinoisFathers.org, and we got everything laid out for them right there. Everything they can go to to find out who their senator is, what their telephone number is, or if they have an email or an email address, everything they need to know about this bill, uh, everything they, they need to know about what these senators said and why it's not true. So if they click on IllinoisFathers.org, uh, they'll, they'll find everything that they're looking for. Okay. This is what we're going to do. Let's go to the next caller, last four digits, 0403. Everyone, you can stay on the line. You can put your mutes on until you want to answer a question. 0403, you're on the line with Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. State your name and where you're calling from. Hello, this is Frank Lawrence, and calling from Little Rock, Arkansas. Good evening, Frank. How are you? Doing great, Ms. Purdue, and I want to thank you and uh, also General for an outstanding show, and it's certainly one that's desperately needed in terms of what we can do to try to bridge this gap in the disparity, the visitation between uh, mothers and fathers. Okay. I wanted to share with you, General, um, my own personal experience. Uh, my divorce took place about five years ago. Uh, and some of the things that I think that I would like to see addressed, not being a, a person that lives in Chicago now, but I do frequent there, but this scenario uh, is all across the country where there is this, this paradigm that triggers this whole scenario that puts these fathers in a defensive posture Normally, it starts with the father being pegged as an aggressor, followed up by law enforcement identifying him as someone that has violated domestic uh, orders or someone has been put in a position where he's labeled as a domestically violent person. And once that's established by uh, law enforcement and the court system, the father from that moment on is marginalized, taken out of the home while this protection order is put into place, and then the mother who has initiated typically this kind of action uh, is put in a position where she files the paperwork while the father has 
has kind of abruptly been snatched out of the home by virtue of this protection order. And then typically they can't get in front of a judge anywhere between a week to 10 or 11 days or so in order for them to answer the complaint about the protection order. And then that's where the breakup of the family begins. And I want to share with you that I was very naive because I thought somehow that the family court was going to come out and say, okay, let's try to sit down and work this thing out, guys. Let's try to get your marriage back together. But that's not how it works. The family court system today is there for one purpose, and that is to destroy your family. That's what they're there for. And as long as we continue to allow the court system to partake in adjudicating how we're going to share our lives with our children, and we're going to be subjected to these harms that the kids are ultimately the ones who pay the price for. And I would like to see some advocacy on behalf of uh, some, I guess, systems where meetings can be done outside of a, uh, your standardized court system, where it's more of a, an open environment that's not so punitive and that's not so legal and judicial-oriented where families get an opportunity to first and foremost find out if there are other alternatives to this judicial system, which, like I mentioned, is job, is to break the family apart. Have you thought about looking at something like that, especially on the front end, you know, where this domestic violence protection trigger can somehow be neutralized so that the father isn't marginalized right up front from the start of a domestic disturbance? And that's uh that that should be a topic for another show that's about two or three hours long. <laughs> uh but you know, there's some uh nationwide organizations that deal with that because there's there's uh, the opposition that we face, uh uh first of all, with family court and our opposition, that there's no money in the cure. They don't want you fixing your your relationship with your uh, significant other, your your wife, husband, or whoever. You know, they, they, there's no money in that. See, because uh, there, there's no money in the cure. There's only money in the treatment. All right. So, well, General, uh, let me ask you. Let me ask you this question, General. And the young man on seven one two eight. Would you tell me your name again? And I'm going to address this to you. Are we? Uh, to assume that that is the job of the family court, as Frank is assuming, and maybe other people are assuming because of the name that it is given, uh, it is still a judicial court. Are we to assume that they are marriage counselors and uh, family counselors, and, and that is supposed to be part of their job? Or are we supposed to look at it in that perspective, that that is exactly what they're supposed to do well, beyond enforcing the law? I'll answer, I'll answer like this real quick, and then I'll let Ian finish in. Because he's really astute with all this, and he's very knowledgeable. But uh, like I said earlier in the show, that uh, I, I got started doing uh, uh, speaking around the country about domestic violence issues and false allegations. Where there's a couple of organizations out there, one of them uh, that deals with why this is happening and, and, and trying to help keep kids connected with their children. That's called uh, American Coalition of Fathers and Children, and their website is acfc.org. There's another one called SaveServices.org, uh, and uh, what SAVE does, that's called Stop Abuses and Violent Environment, and they want to make sure that the real victims of domestic violence are getting the treatment that they need, and anybody that needs the counseling, get the counseling that they're looking for. And then there's another one called Media Radar, and Radar stands for Reporting 
respecting accuracy in reporting uh, domestic abuse. Uh, but uh, they'll let well, you know, and they got they got tons of information and tons of links and tons of reports, and you get all the information you're looking for in there, Frank. But um, uh, Ian got even he has even more information. So go to Ian on that, Sonya. Well, okay. Ian is still on the line. You have a response, Ian? Yes, ma'am. Um, actually, uh, domestic violence is is it's an interesting system overall, and these other organizations such as Pace and uh, Media Radar, they actually study how domestic violence is funded, how it's structured, and how it's impacting family law. And domestic violence does have a very strong impact on family law. In fact, domestic violence is actually one of the opponents to the Steve Watkins bill. And uh, if, you, if it's okay, I'd be happy to talk about how, how they envision the Steve Watkins bill uh, affecting domestic violence victims and how we feel that that is not quite a, a, a good way of saying it. The domestic violence uh, groups have basically said that if we uh, pass the Steve Watkins bill, then we're going to be having domestically abusive men harming women by threatening to put them in jail or take away their licenses. And it's a very powerful and a very emotional way of trying to cast light on or cast a shadow on the Steve Watkins bill. But the truth of the matter is is that Illinois already has very, very strong domestic violence legislation in place. Um, if we have uh, anybody who's been um, penalized with domestic violence, they don't have visitation right off, right off the bat, and that's um, out, out of, in the family law code. So that will actually prevent that uh, prevent visitation. You can't use the provisions within the Steve Watkins bill if you don't have a visitation order in place. So we already have systems in place to protect victims of domestic violence, you know, legitimate victims of domestic violence that have been through the court. And then likewise, the bill itself actually requires that the parent who is going to be penalized um, for visitation interference must have done so willfully and without uh, reason. And um, people who are actually legitimately threatened through domestic violence, can that's a reason why they can actually withhold visitation. So um, we sat back and we were pretty curious why the Domestic Violence Coalition was against the Steve Watkins bill, and it didn't make much sense to us. But uh, I think Frank has a legitimate concern with domestic violence and the way that it's seen today. I mean, we see uh, studies... Uh, done within the state where uh, Department of Children and Family Services, they come out with a uh, children of uh, abuse and neglect report every month, and about 80% of the cases that go through them come back as unfounded. And so we have to wonder why is there such a disparity that exists, and is that inflating um, the domestic violence statistics to be able to make that a stronger argument? And, you know, those are issues that will have to be dealt with in time. But on the front of the Stephen Watkins bill specifically, we left all of the provisions to protect people who are victims of domestic violence in place in uh, the bid that the Domestic Violence Coalition would not oppose it, but they still opposed it anyways. I want to thank you for that comment. You're listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, and uh, this evening we have a special broadcast. Um, members of the Illinois Fathers Organization has joined us, General Parker and Ian, and we're talking about the Steve Watkins bill who, that is going through legislation in Illinois right now. Thank you for joining us, Frank. We're going to go to another caller now. Uh, this 
if you can stay with us, General, it would be wonderful. I just made this show another half an hour because I think we need to get to the other callers. They've been on the line a while, and we certainly want to give them an opportunity to uh, voice their opinion. Caller, in um, last four digits, 4267, you're on the air with Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Your name and what state or uh, city you're calling from and your comments. Hi, Sonia. My name's Khalid Payton. I'm calling from Munster, Indiana. And uh, I was calling uh, regarding uh, General Parker's uh, statement. He alluded to uh, federal legislation uh, regarding matching funds for the that that uh, um, inspire the states to uh, break up the families, and because they're making money at it. And that would be Title IV D of the Social Security Act, which was enact- enacted in 1975. Um, and what happens is that the states uh, report to the federal government how much money they've collected in child support, and as a result, the, the federal government then takes matching funds, about 16% from the Social Security uh, fund, and and uh, give it back to the states. So they, they are actually making money to um, uh, uh, work at breaking up the families. And explain to me why they're giving those matching funds back. Well, the reason why they're giving up matching, giving them matching funds was the idea that um, uh, non-custodial parents were not actually paying the child support. So the state said, "Hey, we we you know we can't make any money off of this." So they they made it profitable for the states to actually go after the the non-custodial parents. And how do how does how can that issue be addressed? I don't think it's going to be addressed in this particular bill. How would someone go about uh, making that not be for profit anymore? Well, I, I don't have the answer to that. Um, I, I do know that, that this uh, bill that uh, General Parker has been uh, pushing forward is something that really, truly is a long time in, in coming and is, is really needed. Uh, House Bill uh, 1604, we, we really do need this to try. and Because I'm a non-custodial father myself, and I have had uh, issues with visitation interference. And so I've had to go through the process of, um, of you have to get a police report, you have to get three police reports, you have to take it to the judge, and then the judge says, okay, well, you have to uh, actually uh, 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 obey the orders of the court and allow for visitation. And it, it just takes it, it, it's a lot of back and forth uh, with the legal system, even when there's a court order, but you know, so asking for the same um, things to be put in place that inspire the, the non-custodial parents to obey the court orders, I think is perfectly reasonable to ask that the uh, uh, custodial parents also have to abide by the same rules. Hello? Hello? Did we lose the radio show? Uh, um, yes, it is. Uh, Sonia? General, are you huh? there? Can you hear me? I can't hear you now. Okay. Did you have any comments for this caller? I definitely want to thank him for uh, coming up with that. Uh, I should have known it was Title Four. 
Um, I know that there's money that's given to the states, not only for uh, for uh, child support enforcement, but for allegations and all the arrests that they make for domestic violence. And that might be a question, uh, answer for a question that uh, Frank wanted. But uh, and as to the Violence Against Women's Act, so uh, there's money that's given to the state, to the uh, coalitions of domestic violence, they're given to prosecutors, they're given to judges, they're even given to police departments. So that's the incentive for them to arrest you for domestic violence, you know. They can care less if you're uh, guilty or not. And that's one of the reasons why Jennifer made those accusations against Stephen in the very beginning because that's another tool that they can use to keep the non-custodial parent away from the dad, see. And thus this starts the parental alienation process. So. Okay. Well, thank you for calling. So let's go to our next caller, last four digits, 0946. 0946, you're on the air with Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Your name and where you're calling from, please. Uh, thank you. Uh, my name is uh, Travis. I'm out of the uh, Rockford area, and uh, I had just a comment that I'd like to make. Um, I want First, I want to thank uh, Mr. Parker uh, and uh, Mr. Mitchell for uh, all their efforts. I, I, I applaud them standing up and, uh, you know, uh, you know, working to, you know, make right some injustices that are, uh, that we see in, in, in family court. I've had an opportunity to kind of take a look at some of the things that they've been doing. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, there, I, I would just urge the people that are listening to this, because I myself am a, uh, you know, have, ha- have experienced uh, visitation interference. And I have lots of friends that, you know, have gone through divorces and have uh, experienced similar things. And this bill is very much needed. It is very much needed, and um, I just would urge all of the the, uh, the listeners that are listening to this show to get engaged, to wake up and see what's going on. Um, I'd urge them to call their senators, uh, you know, um, and uh, and tell them to vote yes for this bill, um, and and to actually get involved um, uh, because you know we have to. You know, it's kind of it's kind of with other things that are going on in the world today. You know, if we're not paying attention to what our politicians and what our uh, our government is doing, um, you know, we are victim to what you know we're victims to what you know whatever they throw down the pipeline, and you know, and we have to, you know, we're we're supposed to be the people, and the power should be with us. And if we feel that this isn't right and some things are going on, we have to organize and get together and. And uh, make things right. And so um, I would just, I, I just urge, you know, if you're out there and you know you've experienced this issue, I'd urge you to, uh, you know, to, to to get involved and pay attention to what's going on with this bill. Uh, take a look at uh, uh, the Illinois Fathers website. I've taken a look at it, and they've got a lot of great information up there. Um, the one question that I do have for Mr. Uh, Parker is, uh, and uh, Mr. Mitchell is. Uh, is uh, how do I, you know, if I if I want to get involved, what can I do? Um, how do how, how do I go about that process? General, oh okay. Yeah, the first thing you do, Mr. Turner, is uh, as far as getting involved with Illinois Fathers, uh, go to our website, IllinoisFathers.org, and you can sign up on the website and become a member. Uh, but right now, as much as I love for our membership to grow, the important thing we have to do now is, is get this Stephen Watkins bill passed, okay? 
And if you can get yourself and everybody that you know to call these senators up there in, this, in the Chicago area, um, the senators are in the Rockford area, um, down in the Metro East area, down in the Champaign area, the Peoria, Illinois area, everywhere you got big metropolises and you got the issue of fatherlessness, okay, Decatur, I mean, all those areas, the Quad Cities, we need you to call those those senators and let them know that this is affecting our community, it's affecting our pocketbooks, it's affecting our budget, it's affecting our kids, it's affecting our, 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 our juvenile delinquencies, it's, just, it's affecting our crime issues. All that can be traced back, and we've got the studies and everything, uh, and I can go into it if you want to. Just call me, email me, I get them to you, but we can prove everything that we're saying. We've got studies and research that show these are directly tied to issues of fatherlessness. But I do want to make this point very clear because this is what this program is about tonight is the Steve Watkins deal. This man paid the ultimate price just to try to see his child. And I'm pretty sure every every parent on here would pay that price, be willing to pay that price. But you shouldn't have to pay that price just to be a parent to your kids because somebody else wants to make money off you, you and your child. And that's all I got to say about that. And I want to thank everyone for calling in. We do have a couple more callers, and we are coming to you, so be patient. We did extend the show about a half an hour. I didn't ask if General Parker had an appointment, but I don't think he has one more important than this. But what we what we do want to ask you to do is go to our archives, take the show, and send it out. It would bring bring awareness. That's what that's why we share this information, this type of information. And I could really do this every day even though Rob has his tricks and, his, and, and things, this information is very important. It'll start a lot of dialogues. Uh, the two facts about the, the way that the system makes money, the way that the system keeps us broken down, there's probably there's no easy solution to it, as, as Ian was saying, uh, the concerns about uh, process accusation of domestic violence. Uh but there's no easy solution to it, but we should always be working toward a solution. It it, it sounds, you know, it's unbalanced, and it and as General Park has pointed out, and you can and you don't you don't really need statistics, do you, General? You can actually just look around you and see that these are issues without these children being with their parents. Thank you, sir, for your call, and I hope you join us again sometime. Let's go to caller uh, last four digits four two. Six seven four two six seven. You're on the air with Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Your name and what city or state you're calling from, and your comments. Uh, hi, this is Khalid Payton again from uh, Munster, and um, Munster, Indiana. And uh, I was calling back in because I just wanted to, to finish. I, I got cut off, and I wanted to finish the statement I was making, uh, and very quickly. And that's that. States like Illinois have very strong laws for the collection of child support. Um, if you don't pay your child support, you can lose your license, you can be uh, put in jail, your your credit history uh, uh, can be uh, can be smeared or, or damaged. And so they they have a lot of different ways with which to collect this. Um, and so you know the the what we need here now is, okay, you've got the fathers paying the child support, the non-custodial parents paying the child support, um, but then 
the idea that they can't see their children when they'd like to, uh, even when they have court-ordered visitation, I think is a travesty. And so, again, we need to uh, pursue this uh, House Bill 1604 uh, uh, very strongly. Okay, so I want to thank you for joining us. Caller, uh, last four digits, 0696 has been waiting quite a while, and we thank you for your patience. You're on the air with Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Your name and what city and state you're calling from, please. Um, this is Sharon Darnell, and I'm from Marion, Kentucky. And I just want to mainly, I've listened to everyone, and I just want to make sure because my husband and I used to be Dale's uh, friend. And uh, Steve, uh, he lives in Channel where my husband's mother uh, lives. And I just want to mainly say I support the bill, HB 604, totally for Steve Watkins. And uh, I think there needs to be justice for Steve for what happened, totally. So this is kind of personal for me. I understand. It is personal. It has to be very yeah. personal for the family uh, yeah. for something I, like that to happen to a young man, for him to be shot in the back of the head point blank at, for yeah. For whatever reason it is, it has to be something that's that's a personal issue, ma'am. And what city and st- what state are you calling from? Um, Marion, Kentucky. You're from Kentucky, okay. Yeah. But you did yeah. live in you lived in Illinois at that time, mm-hmm. or you were just yes. You did. You lived matter, in Illinois matter at fact, that time. I said my my husband used to be friends with Steve's father, and okay. uh, we've moved away, but we still know who Dale and Penny is and everything. And I'm on the I'm on the internet, and I've got Justice for Steve Watkins on my page, and I go there and I comment and I try to you know help Penny because she's going through a lot, and um, you know sometimes a person don't want to say because this shouldn't happen in the first place. And the thing is, I just want everybody to know that as far as I know, completely, Steve was a very, very great father. And I do want to say, I think that um, Penny, Dale, really, really need to see their granddaughter. And I think that the children think they're punished because they don't get to see the grandparents or the parents. And what people don't realize, and because I was adopted, I understand, Sometimes the children takes the burdens on themselves, and that stays with them for the rest of their lives. So, okay. and I, how old are the children now, ma'am? Yeah, I mean that, that's what I want. I, I mean, I, I want, I want the granddaughter to be able to see her fa- her family, the uh, the family, the Watkins family. If I could, but if I could interject, ma'am. But I support the bill. I support the bill HB six sixteen oh four totally. The, the youngest daughter is, I believe, just turned four, and she is currently down in Florida. Um, the custodial mother has her down there um, staying with uh, relatives. I believe the custodial mother's father currently has the child because she's been in and out of jail as a result of uh, a warrant for her arrest for with, withholding visitation from Penny Watkins. Uh, and that case is ongoing. Penny is, is, is still in court on that. Um, but um, the Penny Watkins, if I remember correctly, has custody of uh, Stephen's other daughter, uh, who is a, basically a stepsister of um, of the youngest one. And uh, I believe, if I'm guessing correctly, she's probably about 11 or 12 now. And what's really sad about this this whole story is is that these two sisters, even though they're stepsisters, 
these two sisters, they don't get to see each other anymore because um, the custodial mother has decided to uh, forego the visitation and move to Florida. Exactly. Well, ma'am, we can ask that you uh, also you can go on our archives on our website, Chicago's Black Business Radio Network dot com, and uh, you know share the show and your uh, comments, and so that uh, the support can grow for the Steve Watson's bill. I want to thank you for joining us. Okay. Well, thank you, Sonia and Mr. Uh, General Parker. I think that everyone's doing everything they can. And if uh, everything keeps going the way it is, I think that uh, God bless everybody and everything's going to be just fine. Thank you, ma'am. We have another well, I caller. I want to thank you for your support. We have another caller. Last four digits, 1596. You listen to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Your name and what city or state you're calling from and your comment, please. Are you there? Okay, maybe they're just listening. Okay, General, do you have any final comments uh, for our listeners or direction as you move forth with this? Well, ma'am, if General Parker stepped off, um, I'd be happy to, to fill in. Uh, some comments. So definitely appreciate the support of everybody who has called into their uh, House representatives and their senators throughout the process of trying to get HB 1604 passed. Um, we have on our website a list of all of the senators and how they voted uh, on a preliminary vote um, that happened a few, about a week ago, uh, but, uh, I'd say about two weeks ago, um, and that's listed out on our website. And that shows all the people who voted yes, who voted nay, and who, who abstained from the vote. And by all means, if you live in those legislative districts with those senators that voted no or abstained from their vote and you are affected by this issue personally, then by all means, please uh, contact your senator and let them know of the stories that you've, you've endured and let them know that, uh, of the importance of this. HB 1604 is basically intended to try to make it so that the time that a parent spends with their children is as important as the money that they receive. So the actions that are in HB 1604 mirror that of child support enforcement and basically give the tools to, state, uh, the tools to the state that they have for child support. And Illinois boasts one of the highest percentages of child support collection, and we do that through these levels of protections that are put into law to, to um, uh, convince parents that they need to stay on track with their child support. We should be able to do the same for visitation so that parents can spend time with their children. And whether they're not at the mother or father, if they're a non-custodial parent, they're treated the same by the courts today. And it is very difficult to see enforcement of visitation interference because there has been Supreme Court cases that have caused difficulties with prosecution in the criminal side, and there has also been an unwillingness of judges to get involved on the, on the um, uh, civil side. And likewise, the Illinois State Bar Association even came out and was saying that time is intangible while money is tangible. So it's easy to enforce child support because if you don't get the check, then you know that you can go and get the check to court, whereas time is difficult to prove. But we would argue if the child's not there at 5 o'clock, then the child's not there at 5 o'clock when they're supposed to be picked up. So um, 
these both of these issues are very important in the family dynamic in a post-divorce state, and uh, we certainly do appreciate everyone's support. And we want to thank you, Mr. Mitchell, for being here. Now, the best contact is to go to the website. Yes, ma'am. Yes. We have all of the information on the website. Okay. General, are you back with us? Yeah, I had trouble pushing my mute button to get him back on. <laughs> it's okay. I've had trouble pushing mine tonight, too. But we still got through it, and it, and it still has been a great show. I want to do one thing. I want to check this call on 1596 again because there was some uh, blog talk issues. 1596, are you there? Or are you just listening? Okay. They've muted themselves. But I just wanted to be sure because they have been on the line since the beginning of the show, and I did okay. not want to them to feel that they were overlooked. Okay, General, I'm going to give you the opportunity to give us some final remarks. And, Mr. Mitchell, we certainly thank you thank you for those comments. I have, I have definitely learned a lot. I don't have any children, so I don't have custodian problems, child support problems, or those type of things. But, I, you know, I, I do feel uh, for the people involved in this issue. General Parker? Yes, I just wanted to say that I appreciate Everybody that's out there listening tonight, uh, all those who called in, I definitely want to thank everybody and thank all those who have given their support. And even if you didn't call in, you can still help out with this bill. You can help out with this issue because it affects all of us, not just myself, not just the Watkins, but it affects everybody, you know, all over the country. And I'm still asking for, even if you don't live in the Chicago area, I want everybody to listen and call all those senators from the Chicago area because that city is affected the most by this father's issue, okay? And we have senators like Kwame Raul, Donnie Trotter, William Delgado, Antonio Munoz, uh, Jackie Collins, Kimberly Lightford. And Kimberly Lightford works with Jeffrey Levin with uh, the father's rights issue. But then she voted against this bill, and I don't understand that. And we need to call all those senators and let them know that this bill is needed, okay? This bill, all this bill does is bring parity. It's not punishing anybody. The judge doesn't even have to use any of the things we're proposing. All we do is try to give him more tools to be able to reach into his tool bag with and use just in case he needs to, okay? Because they're already doing it on the child support side. The only, the, the, an offer is to make things even, you know, make things fair. They need to bring parity between these two bills and then we can start getting things back in order. So, again, I thank everybody, and I and call those senators, call any more of them if they're close to you, uh, call all of them if you want to. But we need everybody to call them, email them, write them. We need to just flood them. Even Senator Sullivan, the sponsor of the bill, tell them we need to bring this bill and bring this bill back as soon as possible in its present form. We don't need to water it down. We just need to build just like it is. And we can hopefully start making a change in family law reform in this state. Thank you, General Parker. Thank you, Mr. Mitchell. Both of you are doing an excellent job, and I want to thank you for joining us this evening. And General Parker will be sure to send you the link as soon as we are off the air to the show so that you can take that and, and send it out and go viral with that. I do appreciate you taking the time this evening. Oh, we thank you for the opportunity, Sonia. Thank Chicago Black Business Network. Thank, thank you. you and have a thank you so much and have a great evening. You listen to Chicago's Black Business Network. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network and Chicago's Black Business Network 
Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Uh, it was a great show through the technical difficulties, through everything. I'm sure that everyone who listens to this will have to repeat what they've heard in, in this uh, show tonight, and we'll have to engage in a discussion because if you look at the percentage of uh, divorces and separations, there is no family that is not affected by this law uh, or affected by domestic violence or what's going on with custody as far as children are going. Um, so the t- statistics are real and they're affecting everyone. So we want you to take the uh, link to this show and, and send it around to everyone that you know and have a discussion about it, uh, about what your position is. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network is back on the air Saturday morning with Book Talk. As a matter of fact, one of the callers tonight, Frank Lawrence, who is a writer and producer of documentaries, will be on Book Talk Saturday morning between 10 a.m. and noon with Dr. Constance D. Shabazz. That's the last Saturday in every month. So joining to call in numbers 347-326-9477. Black Wall Street USA will be back on the air Thursday evening, December 1st, with host Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, and publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. If you'd like a place to add in the South Street Journal, just give them a call, 312-624-8351. I'm your executive producer and uh, his co-host of Black Wall Street USA, and I wear a lot of hats. But once again, we want to thank you for joining us, and uh, please come over and join us at Chicago's Black Business Network. Um, we look forward to having you. We have about 800 members now, and this is what we do. We reach out to the community and share this type of information. Everyone have a great evening. We look forward to seeing you Saturday morning at 10 a.m.
Wilson, founder and president of SPSI, Service Perfect Solutions Incorporated, a network of financial service professionals teaching people how to use life insurance and annuities to retain more of their income and pay the least tax on it. Our toll-free number is 877-902-9048. We are proud to have serviced more than 500 clients, national and international, from ages 0 to 99 for the past 30 years. My tip to you today is, if you are a business owner with at least one employee, including yourself, it would behoove you to get business life insurance. Why? Thank you for asking. Seven points I want to leave with you. Your premiums are tax deductible. Your policy bills cash tax deferred. Your cash reserve inside the policy is yours to use tax-free. The policy will replace your income if death occur prematurely. The company will pay the premiums if you become disabled. The policy will return all premiums to you when you retire. Last but not least, make sure your agent is well experienced in business life insurance. Stay tuned for more tips on how to use life insurance and annuities to help yourself today and protect your family and business tomorrow. This is Prentice L. Allison, President of SPSI. Toll-free number is 877-902-9048. I wish you well, and to God be the glory. Are you hosting an event? Would you even think about leaving 20,000 folks off of your invitation list? Well, stop what you're doing because you don't want to miss sending out an invitation to the 20,000 Chicagoland residents who read South Street Journal's new entertainment and dining section, now would you? The South Street Journal has been serving the Southside community for more than 17 years and has a loyal and expanding readership base. So whether you are hosting an event or cater to those who have events, you truly want to be in the next issue of the South Street Journal, call 312-239-8835 to place your ad now. This media package includes a web page with clickable links to all advertisers in the entertainment and dining section of the South Street Journal. Success is just a phone call away. Call 312-239-8835 to place your ad today. 312-239-8835. Just a little bit about who we are. Chicago's Black Business Network is a grassroots business to business service designed to assist the individual business owner in his or her efforts to reach the next level of service and growth in the marketplace. It is our goal to provide a platform for businesses to connect across the city and the country. This is where you create relationships that are designed to take your business to the next level of success. Chicago's Black Business Network is growing. We now have 800-plus members, and it is our mission to plant the seeds and provide the tools for growth to each of our members. Visit us today, www.chicagos, that's Chicago with an S, Chicago's Black Business Network.com. Join us today and touch the world. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder.
Yeah. 